I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Welcome in. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. It is week 10. The Miami Dolphins are on a bye. And Joshua House, there is just one thing I have to say to you. How about them Jets? How about them Jets? Wolf. <laughs> Wolf is all I can say about that. But man, you said week 10. That that like uh that hurt my heart a little bit. I can't believe that we're already at week 10. And you know, um the end of the season, I guess, is on the horizon. That just pains me so much. But uh the Jets look absolutely atrocious. I mean, even the Bills are struggling a bit. So um this is the year the Dolphins can snatch that AFC's crown, but um we'll see what happens. Should I should I have should I redo an intro with the trigger warning that hey we're gonna we're gonna ease you into the warning that football's slowly coming to an end? Yeah, I mean you have to realize it, right? I mean you have to embrace it and realize that you know that's why you got can't take this stuff for granted and enjoy every week. So um, with three kids, it's hard to watch as many games as I'd like to, but I know at the end of the year I'm gonna look back and say, why didn't you watch that game, man? You you really would have enjoyed that one at the time. So um, yeah, let's not look at that. We it's week ten and uh, we got a lot of football to be played ahead of us. I like that. I like your bi-week reflection there because I too think I might get a little caught up in the Dolphins and I got to do everything about the Dolphins where I should be able to sit back and, and watch the Jets or, or a situation like that and just kind of enjoy football. You don't have to watch the Jets. Other <laughs> games, other games for sure. Like the Eagles-Cowboys game. I mean, I didn't even get to watch all of that. And I look back at it in like the fourth quarter. I'm like, dude, you really missed this game? Like, uh, yeah, so that's all I meant. Not the Jets, so you do not have to enjoy watch myself Jets. shoving a fork in my eye. Watching we, we, play, we play them two more times this season, so we have to watch them more, you know, probably more than their own fans want to watch them. Last week was so weird because the entire AFC East lost, and that just kind of builds on the uh, the Dolphins can only beat bad teams narrative because now you got the Bills. Uh, and what were I? They their only win against a team with a positive record is the Dolphins. And then you have the Chargers, who not only torched the Jets in New York, but all of a sudden the Dolphins have a win against a team that doesn't have a losing record. So I mean is, the narrative is that how that building. works. 
Yeah, is that how that works? Because I was going to ask you. I forget who tweeted it at me, but I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, is Are we now uh, able to say that they're one of those good teams that we beat? But um, all jokes aside, I just let that stuff all go over my head, right? I mean, I don't know how long it's been, Jake, since I watched um, you know, ESPN or even NFL Network. I used to love Good Morning Football, but it, it's just not the same. So I kind of tune all that crap out. So it's I just silly. laugh when I see it. But, um, I mean, we're Dolphin fans. We can admit it. They need to beat one of those teams for us to at least feel like it's a different team, right? That this isn't that so Dolphins. So um, to heck with those records. But um, I do think it's funny now the Chargers have a winning record. And now what, what do you say about it at this point? That Herbert, Herbert's MVP. He's doing it all by himself. I mean, it's it's just the Justin Herbert show. And Josh, looking ahead to week 10, I don't know if you noticed this, but as a fan of a team in the AFC East, every single team in the AFC East that plays this weekend has an island game. It starts with New England and the Colts Sunday morning, which that's going to be gross. But then you wrap up Sunday with the Battle of the Titans, the New York Jets versus the Las Vegas Raiders. I know that's going to be thrilling. And then you end the week in general with the Denver Broncos versus the Buffalo Bills. So, Josh, out of those three games, what do you think is the most important one for the Miami Dolphins? I'm going to say, I mean, obviously the Denver one, right? Can I say that? Obviously that Denver game against the Bills. Well, I don't know. I just hit my button and just I just made this chair go down. Um, Yeah, I think it has to be that one because the, we saw the Broncos were able to beat the Chiefs. I mean, they could somehow pull this one out. The Bills really aren't playing at the top level. So um, I think the Bills are the closest contender for that AFC East. So that would be my, um, you know, that'd be my answer. But um, I just think at some point these uh, the NFL needs to get it together and make it so they can flex out some of these games right because it's way it's what we you said it week 10 and we're having to deal with the Raiders and Jets I mean come on man we shouldn't have to do that no one should have to watch that game at Sunday night football you're not waiting all day for that game nobody is (laughs) you're waiting all day just for that to end you're actually hoping the football day just flies by you um I actually wanted to try to debate New York but after just seeing them completely crumble against the Chargers I'll admit man like I didn't want to really embrace it but I was a little spooked about the Jets just because the defense was still winning with Zach Wilson somehow but after the Chargers game you do see like their uh their tower of cards can get blown over right special teams you make a play your defense makes a play and the Jets just don't have those counters so I completely agree with you there overall man an interesting state of football one thing I'm gonna put you on the spot here I know you hate this but there is a heavy 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 matchup this weekend I don't know if you looked at the schedule but it is me versus you you the number one seed in my fantasy league i'm the sixth seed but man i'm telling you this i'm lurking you hear that jaws music i am coming for you i'm just curious you want to put a little wager on this want to have a little fun bet yeah what what are we gonna do you got you gotta let me know what we want to do i mean does do you want to do money do you want to do um i don't want to change my avi i have this thing where i have to have that avi all season long so i can't do that um um yeah so i don't know What, what are you thinking how about the loser? Since we do these shows, we have three clips. How about the loser? And I don't know if we can kind of morph this to help uh, fit your perspective. Um, if I lose, I'm willing to eat a Whopper and, and talk about it for 15 minutes or a Big Mac. I'll do a Big Mac and, and I'll actually eat it on air and then we'll talk about it for 15 minutes. I promise you you won't hear me chewing for 15 minutes, but that's what I'll put up on my end. I, what, what's equal to that on mine? I don't even know what you like. I'm not scared of a Whopper, you know? <laughs> I. We'll we'll think it Horrified over. But, we'll think it over. But until you tag me, I don't I don't I had no idea that we were playing each other. I try to tune all that out and I just quick put my roster together and not look throughout the week at who I'm playing against. But um yeah, you made this a little bit personal and I have to uh we have to say it, man. I don't have two tongue of a low or Tyreek Hill. I feel like those are two of my better players and they're out. So I'm I'm rolling Will Levis, at least as of now. I'm still 
Um, actually, I was thinking about putting Bryce Young in there, and I have until what? We're done recording this podcast to think that one through, but I hate Thursday night games. So, um, yeah, now you're in my head, and I need to find a way to pull this one out in a week with uh, some of our favorite players on by. But um, that's fantasy football for you. Josh, want to uh, want to put you in your happy space? Want to talk some Tua Tungabaloa? Always. That's that's what that's what I'm here for. Fanboy. There was a stat that came out, and it and it's so interesting because you get both sides of the spectrum. I've seen there are quarterback lists where Tua's ranked like 13 behind a Kyler Murray who hasn't played yet, and a Geno Smith who just got absolutely cooked. And then there are stats like this, Josh. Next gen stats. Tua leads the NFL in passing EPA through the first nine weeks of the season which is all good and well. We know that Tua has been on an absolute tear this year. Just the improbable combination of the team's ability to get the ball out quick and to shoot the ball downfield has been so impressive throughout the year. Uh, Tyreek Hill on pace for 2,000 yards. I think Raheem Mostert is fourth in rushing yards. He's still up there in touchdowns with 11. So you see how well this offense is truly coming together. But something that I thought was very interesting, Josh, is right beneath this statistic was... The leader in passing EPA has won the league MVP in six of the last seven seasons. So, Josh, I thought we could spend a little time here and and talk about this. You know, after week one, Tua matched Patrick Mahomes in MVP odds. All of a sudden, he's dipped a little bit. Dolphins can't win against good teams, unless the Chargers count. We're still not sure about that. But, Josh, what does the second half of the season need to look like for Tua to be legitimately in that MVP conversation and maybe even swing some of those people who still think this is kind of a flimsy football team? Yeah, I mean, for me, he has to keep on pace statistically at least. I mean, just start there, right? I mean, you have to – right now he has 19 touchdowns, leads the league. I think he has 2,700 yards. I mean, he's on pace to to have, what, 35-plus touchdowns and 4,500 yards, if not a little bit more. I mean, that right there is MVP numbers. And then next I want to see him – um, you know, win some of these games, right? I mean, I'd written down the Bills games. Obviously, that's a pretty big game. You're going to play the Dallas Cowboys. That's a team that you want to see how you measure up against them. And then the New York Jets, you know, we talked about them, but those are division games. That is a very good defense. And, um, you know, this team has been, you know, they've lost games where they should have won in previous years. So I want to see him take care of business, continue on the trajectory that he's on. But, um, I mean, right now where he's at, I think he is, he has a chance to be the league MVP, and then you just wonder, you know, some people are going to battle and say, you know, Tyreek Hill might deserve it if he hits that 2,000-yard mark. For me, I feel like if you take Tua Tungvaloa out of this lineup, that's not the Miami Dolphins. This offense won't be doing what they're doing, and that's why I believe he's the league MVP. But um, you got to win these big games, right? You can't lay an egg against Kansas City Chiefs, whoever you want to blame in that. You know, it was the entire offense that laid an egg there, but you want to see Tua Tungvaloa. When I'm t- tweeting Tua time, you want to see him – go out there, show up, make that drive, finish it off because he's getting ready to get paid like one of those quarterbacks, like you mentioned on a previous podcast. He's leading the league in a couple of categories. You mentioned it, passing yards, uh, passing touchdowns. He's one ahead of both Kirk Cousins and Josh Allen. Mahomes is at 17, and then Russell Wilson is there at 16. So there's a chance that the Dolphins, or Tua specifically, might drop in a few of these categories simply because he's not playing this week. But I think it's really interesting that MVP isn't only a statistical thing. I think there is a little bit of narrative to it. And when I think about how Tua can become the MVP, well, Josh, I was ready to talk myself into being scared about Zach Wilson because of this New York Jets defense. Tua has to play that defense twice. Tyreek Hill needs to average, I think it's 123 receiving yards a game for the rest of the season to reach 2,000 yards. You have to play the Jets twice. You have to play the Cowboys. You have to play the Ravens, which right now is the best team in the NFL, and they're like, 
looking like a generational team by all these advanced analytics. We'll see if that can hold up through 17 games, but that's another team. And then ending the season with the Bills. Josh, I think of a great scenario here where you can just play the narrative game. You go there, you go to Baltimore, and you beat the Ravens, and you cap the season with beating the Buffalo Bills. I think even if Tua falls off a little bit statistically, when you have to face teams like the Jets twice and then the Cowboys, I think, you know, you could see, oh, no, Josh Allen leads the league in passing touchdowns. Uh, Sam Howell goes bananas like he has been in recent weeks and leads the league in receive, excuse me, passing yards. But overall, I think there can be a really interesting narrative to build as the season gets into that final little stretch. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I'm going to feel disgusting even saying this because, you know, it's been, what, uh, 23 years since the Dolphins won a playoff game? But what if, you know, that Bills game at the end of the year isn't for anything? What if the Dolphins are resting to its own alone? He doesn't get some of those, um, you know, hit on some of those statistical marks that some of these other guys might. But um, I think if you're looking at everything right now, I think he's definitely in the running for that. And you just hope he keeps on pace. And most importantly, I've written down stay healthy, right? I mean, um, that's been the biggest thing that's really been the difference maker this year, right? Yes, it's year two in Mike McDaniel's offense. Yes, you got all these different weapons. The, the offensive line's playing better. Defense is now elite. But if Tua Tagovailoa wasn't healthy, you probably won't be at six and three right now. So, um, I know we all feel real bitter where we're at right now. But if they come out, man, firing out of the gate, the offense is clicking. We got the defense right, right or high on their tail. I mean, um, we're right where we want to be, and Tua Tagovailoa is a huge reason for that. It's kind of bananas, man. You go back to last week and Miami had a, a late by week last year. They, they were week 11. And then after that, they followed up with the 30 to 15 win against Houston. But man, then that five game losing streak came in. So I'm interested to see what this offense can look like when you just have Tua in the room being that leader. Uh, Tyree Kill just dropped a new episode of It Needed to Be Said today. And he just mentioned again, just Tua taking over, not only as a quarterback, but as like that leader, you know, just telling people how to really attack a bye week. I'm interested to see what having him just in the locker room does and how it sets the tone for that second half of the season. Because when you're seven and three and you enter the bye week and then you come out of it with a, you know, 15 point win against Houston, then to lose five straight, man, it's that, it's like, that's just bananas. Bananas indeed. And I'm looking at the schedule right now. We got what? The Raiders, then the Jets, then the Commanders, then the Titans, and then the Jets again. So, I mean, I know Merrick talked about in the last pod, but I mean, those seem like kind of five winnable games, right, Jake? I mean, and then just to think that where we would be at that point, what, 11 and two with, um, man, I'm, I'm blanking here. What, four more games left in the season? That's absolutely wild, right? I mean, so um, right now we just need to attempt below the offense to put the last game behind them and look more like that team that we saw at the beginning. And part of doing that is having someone emerge as wide receiver three, Jake, and I'm spiraling off the rails here, but I want to get your thoughts on that real quick because um, you did an article, you know, they brought in some 
veteran wide receivers, you know, some speed. Racy McMath, that, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Racy McMath. And, um, Braxton Barrios, I think Omar Kelly tweeted out he's a little bit banged up. We saw Sed Wilson kind of emerge over the last few weeks. So um, do you see maybe the Dolphins signing someone there, or do you think um, they're going to have to rely on a Cedric Wilson at this point? You know, maybe a Chase Claypool when he gets more of that playbook down. What are your thoughts on that wide receiver three position? Because um, if Tua Tungvalu wants to win MVP, we need to have that third receiver, that option open up now, right? Because we know he has Tyreek Hill. know he has Jalen Waddle. Who's that third guy? I'm not starting with this just to throw shade at you. It's definitely not Robbie Chosen. I think one thing this team is quickly realizing is too that soon, he man. Too soon. He, he I forgot he was even on the roster. Thank you. <laughs> I, until I see him with that Space Ranger advisor, I honestly kind of I, I did forget about him. I'm, I'm at Chase Claypool. That's my hyped guy now. I'll I'll um. Uh, that's the bandwagon I'm on right now. Can we um for this podcast? Can the picture of it? Can it be that meme where it's the guy looking back at the other girl? Can it be your face looking at Chase Claypool holding hands with Robbie Chosen? Dude, we get- yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's perfect, right? And and, and it, the, I don't know, am I really the the poster child of mid receivers? Is that who I am? <laughs> I I feel like I am with the Isaiah Fords or Preston Williams. I I bang the table for Mike Wallace. Good God, that is me. <laughs> the self reflection here is absolutely amazing. Uh, last week against the Chiefs, man, really got the question going about this wide receiver three position. Said Wilson had five or se- or five targets. He only caught one of those. And Braxton Berrios wasn't targeted once. So you do wonder, all right, he's dealing with some injuries. So they'll just have him back there returning kicks. But I mean, if I remember correctly, I think he was returning almost every single kick back there. And if the kickoff's one of the most violent plays in the entire game, then what are we doing here type of thing? But to kind of backtrack a little bit here, I was really interested and maybe a little concerned to see that Braxton Barris wasn't that number three guy against the Chiefs because I think that's what this Miami Dolphins offense really needs just that safety presence that valve who can just really reset the downs give you that first down to try to get your guys out in space again so Josh that is such a good question Anthony Schwartz was the one name that stuck out to me simply because uh, he can thrive as a runner out of a wide receiver position as well I think he has about nine carries for 90 yards and a touchdown in his career. So that kind of brought me back to Eric Azukama a little bit. I think that's the void the Dolphins are really struggling to fill. Just that versatile piece who can catch a ball over the middle, but hey, he can also run the ball up the middle too. Chase Claypool isn't necessarily that. I think they'll get him going on some end arounds, but I still think there's one skill set that the Miami Dolphins are really trying to find. It's interesting because they not only tried out three receivers, but there are three receivers on the practice squad. So this is a team that has a lot of talent, has a lot of guys in the room. It just seems like they haven't found that one type, one trait that they're truly, truly looking for just to give someone like a, a different package that oppo- opponents might not be ready for. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they're just going to sign Rob Gronkowski, right? I mean, can, can they sign him? Is he even a free agent? I don't I don't really know his details, but all jokes aside, I mean, um, you're going to have guys that are coming back like Devon Achan. How does he fit in that passing game, right? We saw him making some plays in the passing game. We know Raheem Mostert has a role in that. I mean, last week we saw Jeff Wilson. Um, being targeted. So um, does Craycraft come back? I mean, that's another guy that can maybe fill that void. But um, the Dolphins have time right now to go out there and, you know, try to uh, leave no stone unturned and trying to find some depth here with that playoff push coming up in December. I think one of the 
I don't know if this is annoying. I don't know if this is bad, good, but I kind of wish the Miami Dolphins were involved in trade rumors around the trade deadline. Um, maybe just their name floated with a couple players because I'd be truly interested to see which positions Chris Greer is most worried about upgrading. They're bringing in wide receivers, and I think you hit the nail on the head. The bye week gives you that extra time to try to integrate someone. They're not going to fully understand the offense, but like I said, just to create that package, that unknown, that opponents haven't seen yet. Uh, but Josh... Through nine weeks, how confident are you feeling about this offense and where they are truly? Yeah, I mean, I feel more confident than I don't, you know. I mean, I know a lot of us are still have that bitter taste in our mouth from, you know, the Chiefs game, the Eagles game a little bit, maybe even the Bills game earlier in the year. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think what we saw as a whole was this offense really take it to the next level. And when you think about them getting healthier, you know, maybe get Rob Hunt back at some point. Um, Devon Achan, like I said, is coming back. And I mean, I think he's still like top 10 in most uh, rushing category. So I feel like this offense is right where they're at. I did want to ask you, Jake. I mean, uh, it's crazy to sit here and think that we're having this debate at the bye week, but um, the whole reason we came on here and we were talking about Tua Tagovailoa winning MVP. So I want to ask you, Jake, where, how do you feel about this offense? And does Tua Tagovailoa become um, NFL MVP? Because I mean, just saying that out loud to think of where we were, you know, two years ago coming on here, you know, just feeling absolutely defeated sitting on here having to do podcasts about a quarterback that they were potentially going to trade for with all the things going on. I mean, to think about that kind of being rock bottom to where we're at right now with a legit head coach, you know, this offense humming and, uh, you know, a guy that is legitimately in NFL MVP conversation. I mean, tell me how you feel and does he win it this year? I think just being healthy, man, is such a game changer. Like consider the fact that this offense with Mike White in it up 50 points will throw a pick six. That's the type of issues they have, right? And that just kind of speaks to how great Tua is. And Tua, I think, has been that uh, ocean that has lifted every single boat possible. I mean, you have Raheem Mostert, uh, third with 32 carries for first downs, 11 rushing touchdowns. That is impossible without what they're doing in the passing attack. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is right there uh, with seven rushing touchdowns, and somehow Raheem Mostert at 31 years old is ahead of him, and that's a result of this offense and what Tua Tagovailoa has been accomplishing. I'm so interested to see how the narrative changes when these guys start getting closer to some records. Like when you think about Tyreek Hill, you know, he sits at 1,076 receiving yards. A.J. Brown's right behind him with 1,005. Does Tua hitting Tyree kill and getting him over that mark of 2000 receiving yards. Does that take anything away from him in a strange way? I don't necessarily think so. So looking at the MVP odds, you got Mahomes at plus 240. Last time I checked hurts 320. Lamar Jackson at plus 500. He has 14 touchdowns compared to three interceptions on the year. And then two is fourth with a plus 650. And to me, I, I think that is just a little low when you consider what this offense can accomplish, but to kind of put it all big picture, Josh, when do you get a little, con I wouldn't even say concerned, but when do you start to think that, hey, maybe teams are figuring out this offense? When do we need to see an answer from McDaniel specifically of how he can overcome some different things? Because I thought it was really interesting on Tyree Kill's podcast. One of the things he said was that the Chiefs didn't do anything they didn't expect. They do a lot of things after the snap really well, and that's to be expected. But that might be a little concerning when you think about, you know, we know what they're going to do. We might not know it strictly, but we don't have any type of just cheap play to try to escape what's happening. Yeah, I mean, that's the next layer of this offense, kind of like the next layer of this onion that needs to be peeled back, right? You need to see this offense prove that they can when all things break down. The timing's thrown off because Trent McDuffie's, you know, bumping Tyreek Hill at the line. You know, when that split second's thrown off and two at time it lows out of rhythm, the entire thing shouldn't crumble. So, um, I mean, you asked when we need to see it. 
kind of right now, right, Jake? I mean, if you're not woken up by it and don't see the possibility of what Steve Spagnuolo threw at this offense on Sunday, um, I mean, I feel like that entire flight back, I think Mike McDaniel even joked, like, I'm going to be thinking about this game the entire flight back. You know, I'm not going to be able to sleep. And I think that's kind of when he, you know, probably immediately realized what this team needs to fix. And, you know, at some point uh, you need to, when things break down, somebody has to make some plays. So um, that's what separates the elite teams from the good teams. And right now, I guess uh, we're considered a good team, right? So I'd hope so. I'd hope six and three leading your division, but I mean, people will say that they're not, which is just crazy to me. Some Dolphins Twitter, there might even be uh, they're down on it. You know, like people are so mad. Like there's no one that would have thought you'd be in a better spot. Yeah. At this point. And, and two, man, like two is second in yards per attempt at 8.5. He's just behind Brock Purdy, who's averaging 9.1 yards per attempt. But to kind of put a little wrench in that, Brock Purdy's longest play is 42 yards. Tua's is 69. So it just kind of goes to show the yards per attempt are a little lower, but he's nice. taking those shots. It's not the act. This is an offense that is attacking downfield. Uh, but Josh, how does this offense find a sweet spot? Because, you know, we hear it and it's so cliche, but you pressure these guys at the line of scrimmage. And I hear that, and I hear how often the Chiefs wanted to do that. Can the Miami Dolphins operate around the line of scrimmage when they're getting pressured at the line of scrimmage? Because that Tyreek play with the fumble, I think it was just, you know, man coverage, and then then lined up right on the line where he could kind of just run at them. So I'm curious to get your thoughts. Like, can Miami survive doing these bubble screens to Waddle, which while it is successful, I mean, we're seeing some of these plays get blown up in the backfield. Uh it just seems like maybe they're trying to just get the ball in the receiver's hand, which makes complete sense. But when you have three missiles coming from the defense, just coming right at you, it's it's really hard to finagle. Yeah, I think just recently I saw your tweet about how, um you know, they kept running all them screenplays and then it just kept getting blown up on Sunday. I mean, I, I think that is kind of Mike McDaniel's thought process. You know, get the guy, the playmaker of the ball in space, let him use his speed. But um, when it's not working, that, again, is when you need to see Mike McDaniel come up with some other plans, right? I mean, Raheem Mostert, again, it's so frustrating to hear him say, um, I think Mike McDaniel even said, you know, he said that they were vulnerable to the outside run late in that game on that final drive. And I think the first two plays, they got 30 plus yards on two outside runs. So why did he abandon it at that point in that game? So, um, you know, I think you got to trust your instinct. And again, I, I hate to use his age and, you know, his inexperience to, you know, maybe say that that has something to do with it, but we can't overlook that. And um, I do believe, you know, you get Devon Achan back, maybe he's going to run the ball a bit more, right? I mean, we saw it before um, the way things were cooking. So um, it's just they're going to learn by, um, you know, falling down. You're going to get back up, and that's what we need them to do. But, um, yeah, man, it's definitely a little bit of a concern for sure. I'd like to get your thoughts on the rushing game because Mike McDaniel, he comes with the background of the uh, run game guru. Um, in each of the last three weeks, the Miami Dolphins have failed to reach 100 yards rushing. They failed to reach 90. I mean, uh, week eight, week seven, Mostert was leading rusher with 45 and, and 46 yards. Obviously, Devon Achan is going to change some things, but how do you feel about this rushing attack? Because in situations like this where they can't maybe uh, put their nose down and get three yards on, on a first and 10 or something like that, it does feel like the group's a little flimsy at times. Yeah, it's definitely a little flimsy. And again, I mean, I keep saying Devon Achan, but when he's back, I mean, that's going to be an entirely different unit. I think the biggest thing is, you know, they do get stopped at times. And then I do feel like that's when Mike McDaniel might abandon the run. And I mean, you can't really fault him when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but um, you need to commit to that run and continue using it late in games because, um, you know, that's when that speed and our guy like Raheem Mostert, who also has the strength, you know, that's when it wears down on defenses. All it takes is him bold 
bullying over a linebacker that's coming down thinking he has an easy tackle. So he puts his shoulder through him, and he's busting one free. So um, I'd like to see Mike McDaniel continue to utilize the late in games. But, um, you know, I think he's still improved from where he was last season. I think that was a big fault of his abandoning the run early. He's at least grown a little bit, but I need to see him go all the way with it, right? Commit a little bit more. But, again, how hard is that when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? It has to be so difficult. I completely agree. And it's been a frustrating year for someone like Jalen Waddle. I think Mike McDaniel kind of came out and said he's had some bad injury luck. What was it? The first drive he got rolled up on in that game. And it was, it was, I was actually thought it was a lot worse because he was like standing or I mean, sitting there for a minute, you see him punch the ground and he looks over to the sideline, like not moving, dude. I thought it was going to be a a lot worse than it is. It's nice to hear that he'll be back sooner rather than later. And hopefully the bye week is all he needs to get right. Yeah, I mean, I still remember just at the beginning of the game, you were feeling queasy because the the Chiefs went right down the field and scored, and then the Dolphins come out, and, you know, you see Waddle punching the ground, just so angry, and he's limping off the field, and you're just like, this could not be a worse start. I know then he came back, and again, we talked about it. They did the end around, and he just looked so hobbled, and it was just like, damn, he was not himself. So we need him to get right. Mike McDaniel said he needs to get right because uh, we're sitting here talking about a wide receiver three needed to emerge. If we don't have Jalen Waddle, this offense, you know, you know, we, we talked about how two is the most valuable player. This this offense without one of those wide receivers is an entirely different monster and, and not in a good way. So I go back to that stat, right? Um, Tua leads the NFL in passing EPA through the first nine weeks. And then the passing EPA leader has won six of the last seven MVPs. I think, man, if Tyree Kill even starts flirting with the 2,000, if he finishes 18, 1900, and I still think Waddle turns it on. I could still see him finishing with like 1,400 receiving yards. I could even see him having a couple huge games where he has like a two touchdowns, two touchdowns, and then maybe even a hat trick, something like that. I just think Tua and him have that connection where if a defense can't track him down, it can be one of those games where all of a sudden Waddle's hitting you. But overall, what needs to be the narrative? As we talk about it and we understand like the Miami Dolphins have a lot of good things going on the offense. The rushing attack is awesome. Tua's been awesome. What needs to happen in these final weeks? What does Miami need to look at, let's say, when they're going into that Sunday, December 24th game at home against Dallas? Where does this team need to be? See, now you're making me do math. Are you asking record-wise? Because now you're just <laughs> – that, that, and they are wearing their throwbacks for that game, right? I, I do well, think they are wearing it, their throwbacks. It's the five games you thought were winnable. Oh, okay. I mean – Okay, so yeah, so I'm thinking they were going to be a what? Well, Merrick said they were going to be 11 and two. Um, you know, I'm a little bit negative, so I say maybe they drop one of those. So what? They're 10 and three. I mean, if you're 10 and three, even if you have nine wins, I mean, you got to feel pretty good with what four games still to play. But um, you don't want to lose a game to one of these teams. So I I, I feel like 10, 10 wins you'd be feeling really good, and then you just got to win what one or two games to at least get in the playoffs. But this team should want home field advantage because, as again, you see, they're just two different teams on the road compared at home. I like I like the thought process there. Ten or even nine wins makes sense because I think so much can be decided. It's weird because so much can be decided before week 16 and, and so much can be decided that week and on. With those five games that are quote-unquote winnable, the Dolphins could virtually secure a playoff spot if they absolutely go bananas. But Imagine if they lose a game or two. Imagine if they fall against Washington and then maybe even like the, the Jets at home. Well, imagine if they lose those two games, right? And they're sitting there at nine and five. But then you have Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. Like if they were to win two or three of those, you wouldn't even think about those other games. So it's it's an interesting like turning point that this Dolphins team is going to face where so much can be decided in so many different ways. Yeah, I think what's worst of all is they win these next five games and they're what eleven and two, and then they lose to lose some the of those three. juggernaut teams. Everyone that's still the same, 
uh, the same narrative, right? They can't beat a good team and they lose to all, or they can only beat good, bad teams and they lose to all the good teams. So um, I don't like that you brought up the commanders game because my buddy said he'd drive me there as long as I bought him a ticket. And I was looking at tickets and they're like super cheap. So I think you just put a a black cloud over that. So um, I I do think the Dolphins 10 or 11 wins at that point. And um, you got to feel good, but don't, don't dodge a question, man. Two at time MVP. Yes or no. I'm going to say, I mean, I can't – I'm going to say yes. I'm just going to say yes. That's on brand, right? To a time a little MVP. But deep down in my heart, I just don't know that I'll ever see another Dolphins guy win the MVP, and that's just um, me just being a negative Nancy. I feel that. And there has there has to – a lot of things have to go right in order to win MVP. Um, I think a lot of people are concerned about the Dolphins. They're concerned about Tua because they haven't done it yet. And I think that's the only reason I want to say no is because it hasn't happened yet, right? As humans, that's kind of our dumb way of thinking. Like, we use the past, we use our experiences to project the future. So for now, I want to say no, but man, we could be sitting here uh, after Black Friday feeling really good as the Dolphins work their way out of the bye, have maybe two big wins under their belt going into that Washington game. And for you, man, I think the key is you got to be checking that weather. I think if you want to go to that game in Washington, because there is that big fear of them losing, but more importantly, they could lose and the weather could be absolutely miserable. Here I man, am. Watch, you. You're, you're, putting a, you're putting all sorts of a hex on me. If it snows, then it's just going to be like a Ricky Williams snow game and Raheem Mostert's going to hang on to the football. That's all that's going to happen. But um, again, that's part of what this Dolphins team needs to do, right? We've seen the evolution at the beginning of the year. Saw them take care of these bad teams. You know, everyone's ragging on them for it but the Dolphins team they normally don't do that right so let's see him continue that in these next five games come out of this thing hot and I think if Tua continues down this trajectory um he's going to be in the you know finals for MVP and that's just insane again because of how far we've come ah the bye week Josh you got any fun bye week plans you got any uh thing you're gonna do differently I was thinking of uh there's a there's a cidery around here and uh, they have a whiskey cider, which is like 40%. So I was thinking I'm going to get in a bottle of that and I can finish an entire bottle of it at once. So uh, I was curious to get your thoughts. Well, my thoughts are that sounds amazing. So do that, do that for sure. And maybe, you know, tinker with your fantasy lineup after you have that bottle, maybe wait for it and do that. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, slip up a little bit. Um, For me, I think I'm just going to enjoy watching football, spend some time with the family. And um, I know that we're both kind of nerds and play video games. I, Got the new Spider-Man game. I know you're a Microsoft oh, guy. Is it good? I'm a Sony dude. Yeah, it's it's insane. So I'm going to put some more time into that. And uh, that's what I'll probably do during the buy. And just, you know, again, ba- sit here and just bask in it, right, man? We're 6-3. and three. I know that it sucks that we lost, but 6-3, and three, man. This, is, this feeling doesn't come uh, around much when you're a Miami Dolphins fan, but it will be here for a long time to stay. You're leading your division. You have a shot at the number one seed, man. Yeah, there, there is nothing to be upset about. You, you've never really been a Blizzard guy, right? None of the Diablos or Warcraft or anything like that. No, I, I should. I know they're great games. They just released a new one called Warcraft Rumble, which is just a phone game. So I've been, I sat there for like three hours on my phone last night playing that. So that's where I'm at outside of the, it's nice because I, I love the the competitive of a Fortnite or even a Rocket League where you're really engaged. But I also like, you know, the Hearthstone of this just because it, you can kind of turn your mind or calm your mind down and really like critically think instead of like having to like just focus on your fingers going really fast. Yo, Rocket League, I got to get back into that. You told me about that before. I used to love that game. I know I'd be cheeks now, but I, I really need to get back into that. But you're right. In spite of you can just pretty much just swing around, and then you'll see like a little like, uh, you know, an activity or something Side pops quest, up. Yeah. So you can just kind of chill and do that. But, um, yeah, man, enjoy the bye week because, it, again, Dolphins, uh, we got to, uh, what, 
eight games, seven games ahead of us, man. And and that's what the entire season's gonna come down to. If you lose, we have to add each other on Rocket League and we have to stream it. Um, and because we can cross play Deal. and it's actually free now. So, so what we'll do is we, we, I think we can get the feed into this. Uh, we'll stream it and uh, we'll, we'll just narrate the game. I think that'd be a great third clip. So, so you want to do that? If, if I lose, uh, we'll do Big Mac stream. If, if you lose, we'll do Rocket League stream. Perfect. I got out yeah, of this one easy. Yeah, I got out of this one real easy. So, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> that's no, no going back now. Oh, no, I might have to eat McDonald's. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us in a bi-week edition of another Dolphins podcast. I will be back tomorrow with Kat for some final thoughts on the Miami Dolphins to send you off into the weekend. But until then, I hope you're enjoying the weather down in South Florida or wherever you are. It's it's nicer than up here in the Northeast. But until next time, fins up. Fins up. <laughs>